We'd like to begin this latest episode by sending our deepest sympathies to the family and friends of Marvin Morgan, who died at the age of 38. This was after our latest episode was recorded. On first glance, Morgan's career merely resembles a drawn-out journey through England's lower leagues, but he was incredibly popular due to his committed performances, magnetic personality, and remarkable ambition. He was an entrepreneur. He was content with playing FIFA and going shopping after training, so in his spare time, he launched the clothing line Fresh Ego Kid, which has become a must-wear brand around the world. Most importantly, Morgan also used his platform to work with the Players Union and huge companies to tackle racism and boost awareness of mental health issues. He was an extremely influential and personable figure who will be missed. This episode on Shrewsbury, a town he represented on the pitch for two years, is dedicated to him. All right, and you are going to think I'm a madman. A madman, Dan. What are you doing? I am shaking my beer. Ah, uh, see, has it got a widget in it or something like that? Nope. It does not. However, it, it says on the top of the can, shake and pour nitro-infused. So oh, is it a milk stout or something like that? It sure is. I introduce to you Calabogie Brown Cow Milk Stout. It is delightful. It it kind of reminds me of chocolate milk a little bit, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's good. And and yes, as you've just pointed out, we're going international this week. Uh, you're somewhere abroad. Uh, fill us in. Where are you? Well, I'm. Uh, I've kind of like been back uh, in the UK, seeing my family and stuff like that for about just over a month now. Um, I was in Shrewsbury for a bit. I actually went up to Lake District for a bit as well. Um, and now I'm in Glossop, which is, um, I think it's technically in Greater Manchester, but it's like on the base, basically the front doorstep of the Peak District. So it's quite beautiful. You've got hills all around you and stuff. And this is where a lot of my family live. Um, and I'm actually drinking a beer from nearby. I, I realised I, I was having a peer at the can before coming on, and it's from a place called Hebden Bridge, which I think is kind of. Um, near Rochdale, um, so it's a little bit north of where I am right now, but this is a uh, Roll With It uh, Pale Ale, um, 5.2%, and this brewery, Vocation Brewery, has been very, very impressed with them. I might you know, nip in the car and go, go for a little stroll around there, I think, sometime soon. Uh, and for once, you haven't made it yourself, so that's very nice. Um, you mentioned you went to the Lake District. You're reminding me of my university days where when I would study Wordsworth and Coleridge, and I, that's why I want to visit the Lake District. I hear it's quite nice. The Romantic Poets. Yes, yeah, no, I, I studied them myself as well. They were all absolutely hooked on opium, weren't they? Um, but some, wrote some beautiful stuff. Um, and, yeah, it's, 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 this is crazy to say that I spent the first 22 years of my life in the UK, but it's the first time I've been to the Lake District. Um, so we went and stayed in a place called Keswick, uh, which is spelled Keswick. Um, oh, you show me your Coleridge book now. Yeah, I actually got it, actually it, got it, it in Bath. Actually got it in Bath at this um, old uh, sort of vintage bookstore. So it's uh, it's quite nice. Anyway, yes, I had it actually actually just had it sitting here. I'm not. Uh, this was not prepared in advance. So anyway, so so see so, so you, so you're not a sh- you, you're not a show off then. You're just genuinely well read. If that's just hanging around on the side, I'm quite impressed. Oh, pretty much. Say. You know, I read my daughter Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner at night, and you know, very nice, yeah. very nice. So well, we're, you were, we're in Keswick, or however the hell you said it. Well, it's spelled Keswick, but it's pronounced Keswick over here because we like to confuse you know North Americans with how we pronounce things in the UK. Um, so it was just you know stunning, proper mountains around. Um, 
we went on a you know on a boat on a lake for a little bit and it's just um just it's i i was it's just kind of surprised that it's in the uk really like my missus says it's how you'd imagine new zealand to look um it's kind of like you know when you go to algonquin park and stuff like that but less trees but a lot more hills and mountains it was um yeah absolutely beautiful i, I can't wait to go back again had a little wander around Keswick FC's um, ground as well, um, you know, which had a Skidore mountain overlooking it and stuff. And, you know, it was a real, real treat. And I, it's something I've realised that while I've travelled quite well outside of the UK, I'm absolutely rubbish at the UK itself. Like I've been, I went to Scotland once as a young kid and that's it. I've never been to the lakes before. There's loads of places I need to explore properly in my own nation. Well, yeah, it's, I, I, you know, I, I'm obviously not from there. Of course, I think I got some family heritage there, but yeah, I've been, I've been a lot of places. I've been to in the UK. I've been to London, Brighton, and New Haven, and that's also on the south coast. And that's about it. So, yeah, I, I've, I need to reconnect with my Scottish heritage. And funnily enough, when we were going through trying to pick out. Uh, a name for my daughter, Audrey, um, we went sort of through the family tree and I can retrace all the way back to, I kid you not, and I'm hoping this is how you pronounce it, the first Lord of Doofus, D-U-F-F-U-S, <laughs> somewhere I think around Inverness. Apparently there's the remains of a castle somewhere, but hi, I'm, I kind of want to go there and reclaim what's mine one day. But um, anyway... Well, Gav, yeah, it would have been quite unfair if you called Audrey Doofus as well. I don't think she would have gotten very well at school with that name, would she? Yeah, no, I love my child. So Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> you mentioned where you went. We've been building up for, you know, how many episodes. Finally, you get to tell us about your own hometown, Shrewsbury Town FC, the rare combination of blue and yellow on a kit. Blue and amber, actually. You've already, you've already touched on a controversy there, Gav, because um, the, they are traditionally blue and amber, but this season's kit uh, arrived in the incorrect colours. It arrived in blue and yellow, so it looked more like Mansfield Town, and there's a rumour that it's the current manager, uh, Cotterill, who's uh, <clears throat> quite unpopular, um, or basically ordered it incorrectly, so it came in the wrong colours. So uh, Shrewsbury fans are outraged at that, and for that reason, the alternate away kit which is pink and black I think has been out selling a home kit this season so you touched the controversy there but yeah blue and amber are the colours it's the um, I believe it's the traditional colours of the town itself actually if you look at the actual town emblem it's super similar to the um, club badge so yeah um, quite 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 nice colours if they're toned down I don't like it when they're 50-50 stripes it's a little bit too much amber for my taste but it's kind of nice that there's a you know, for the lower leagues where you can get kits that look quite similar, that Shrewsbury's is fairly distinctive. Well, there's in, in well, in, in essentially in world football, there's too much red in my mind, and I like I like different things. It's why I like you know a lot of the colors that you see in the Canadian Premier League. But it's uh, it's a good uh, it's a good stripey logo. Although you know, 17th in League One last year, I'm sure is what or last season is I'm sure what uh, uh, really gets you down more than what colors what. Yeah, yeah, it's been, um, well, it's been like the old promising spells here and there. Like there's one a few years ago where I think it's um, Hurst was the manager and uh, got into the playoff final in League One and it went to extra time, but unfortunately Shrewsbury were undone in the extra minutes. Um, and 
that was really sad because to see Shrewsbury playing the championship they'd only been there once before would have been incredible um, with the big teams you get down there but they still you know no no they are probably in terms of support um, a bottom league one top of league two size club so they're probably in the right position but yeah to see them go to the championship would have been quite wonderful now, so so tell us. I mean, you, this is your town. You know, little stand, their little stadium, the the new meadow. You know, under ten thousand capacity. You mentioned Steve Cotterell, the manager. Uh, take us around Shrewsbury. What's there to see and do? And and if we if we ever found our way there by accident. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, like it's it's a real. I've talked to people who support um, other lower league teams, and they've always said how much they love a Shrewsbury away day. And it is blessed with a lot of really, really good pubs. Um, and, you know, obviously I was you know, catching up with a few while I was over there. Like my dad's local is called the Nags Head, um, which is a fantastic pub. How um, stereotypical, the something head. Oh, it's got to be, hasn't it? It's got to be. Uh, and that's just like, um, when Mrs. pointed out, she really liked it, how it's like a mixture of young and old in there. Everyone just getting on, having a good time. Um, I really like the Three Fishes, but... It, feel bad saying this but it seemed a little bit depressing uh last when i came in there this time i think it, it almost shut down during covid and got saved by a new owner so i think they kind of reinvented themselves a bit you kind of get like um like kind of like nice restaurants there and stuff like that but at the same time you get what my mates would call like muckers monas or shaggers who are like you know the people <laughs> who work the trades or work on the farms and stuff like that and they are just out for a, a drink and a good time and i think that's where you get this yeah, interesting mixing streets where you, as I said, you get the nice restaurants, but you get all these other pubs, you know, like the Nags Head, the Three Fishes, the Loggerheads, which is, um, I remember mate describing, it's got kind of the ones with all these, like, little rooms off the main bar. I remember mate saying it's like Disneyland because you can't do it all in one day. And it's just, uh, you know, it's just like these, these really old, predominantly wooden pubs with fireplaces and stuff like that. There's a lot of old school there, but it's also, it seems to be, getting dragged kicking and screaming into the 21st century as well because they, they had like a kind of like a pizza bar and it's like uh, and it's sister bar over the road which was like you know craft beer and all that kind of stuff and there's like there's a, a Nepalese food which is fantastic like it is it seems to be getting there slowly um yeah slowly as I say but it, it's 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 the pubs it's the pubs that really define Shrewsbury for me you had me at pubs um you're making me think of the uh, the world's end. I, I might have mentioned it to you before. The Simon Pegg movie, the last of the, yes, uh, yes. the Cornetto yeah, trilogy, right. where they go to like the cross hands, the old familiar, the two headed dog, um, and then they end up at the world's end. Fun fact: I have been to a two headed dog, a pub in Toronto, not far from my house, and then in Tokyo, I have been to the world's end. And I'm in the pub, and someone actually like their place. It's one of those things where people put up their little, the little dollar bills from what country they're from, and someone wrote a movie reference, and I went, ah, someone else gets it. So uh, I have been to a few of those pubs, although I think I've seen some other ones. Anyway, uh, moving on, situate like put us on a map. I mean, if if someone's sort of thinking where in England is Shrewsbury, where is Shrewsbury? Right near Wales. Like it's kind of like if you have a good run, it's about. Just over an hour's drive south of Manchester, if you have a good run, if you put your foot down a bit. Um, but you can be in Wales in like 10 minutes. Um, it's a very strategically placed town, like the Battle of Shrewsbury was there, which I really like because it was just like absolutely nothing to do with Shrewsbury, it's just where two 
scrapping tribes to meet up with each other, but they got like a, you know, I think had like a free museum commemorating it and all that kind of stuff. But it's got you know, a lovely river almost encircling it. Um, I'm sure if nature was allowed to run its course, it would have become an oxbow lake eventually. Um, it's set on a hill, it's got a historic castle there. Um, it really is like, a, like I, when I was at college between 16 and 18, I couldn't wait to you know, leave the place, to be honest, and that's probably why, half the reason why I left the country. Um, but it is really, really nice to look at. You've got the black and white buildings overhanging the streets, you know, just all that kind of stuff. And it's actually got a, um, a, a little kind of like alleyway called Grope Lane. And the, uh, you, you might have to get your little beeper out on this one, Gav, because it would originally, like when you go around the UK and you see like a great plane and stuff like that, the, the odds are it used to be called Grope Cunt Lane, um, because this is where like the prostitutes used to hang out and stuff like <laughs> oh that. And whereas, and whereas most towns over the years changed, like kind of condensed it and changed it to something nice, Great Plane. Shrewsbury just changed it to Grope Plain, so it still has a Grope Plain, but that is one of the most beautiful little alleyways in the whole town, as I said, overhanging buildings. You're speaking from experience? <laughs> yes, yes, I've been groped there many a time myself. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you were saying, nice buildings. Yeah, nice, no, just, just a beautiful architecture, and um, I suppose, like, like a, a lot, I suppose I should probably talk about Shrewsbury's old ground, really, the Gate Meadow. Yep. Um, and it was a really special, special ground. One, because it was like so close to the centre of town. So you, know, you go past my dad's favourite and the nag's head down the, down the, um, down the, down the uh, hill, just go over the English Bridge and Shrewsbury Town's ground was there. Like it was a five or ten minute walk from the very centre, right next to the river. Um, it was beautiful. The, the main historical thing about this, and you think you can see this in the National Football Museum, is there used to be an old fella on a coracle who used to, uh, when, the, when the boy used to go over the roof into the river, he used to go out with his, uh, with his little paddle and on his coracle and go wading out into the river, go and get the ball and then run it back to the stadium so he could carry on playing. And he was there, I think he was still there when I was a young kid, um, as a really old bloke and he's you know, sadly passed away and obviously they're not by a river anymore. But um, that Coracle, I'm sure it's in the National Football Museum in Manchester now. Wow. Um, that's, that was one of the big selling points of it. Um, kind of the fact that it was by a river was a little bit um, a hindrance to Shrewsbury as well, because quite often it would flood in the winter. Um, and even after you cleared the water from there, you know, who knows what kind of like gross germs could be left on that pitch. So it really had to be cleaned up. So that would often make for a very, very condensed um, fixture list at the end of the season. So if they were in a relegation battle, they could be in all sorts of trouble because they would be juggling games on like Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, you know, one of those kind of schedules. So it was, um, but it was a special ground. It, re it really was. It did have like its you know, elements where, like it, at one end, the Waitman end, it actually had a school overlooking the pitch there. My, my stepbrother went there. So like he'd be you know in class and he'd be able to like see the the players practicing on the pitch and stuff like that. So he wouldn't be just you know concentrating. He'd just be watching the training sessions. Um, and then the Riverside was like a very very loud um, old school kind of place. It had like a little kind of like beer stand at the back, which was always packed. And it, yeah, it was just a really really loud and quite intimidating atmosphere sometimes. Um, and one of but one of my enduring memories about the stadium are the urinals um which i should you don't pronounce them urinals do you 
I'm lost at that word. What now? I think I think uh, Canadians pronounce it urinal. Oh, that's what I thought. I thought that's what you said, but I I sounded like something. I yes, urinals is the proper way to say it because we have urine. No, we don't have urine. It's urinals. So what? Oh. Hang on. So what? What do you call those like little kind of like air freshener discs? The the urinal, urinal cakes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You do call it right. Right turn and definitely. Okay. I thought. I thought you. I. I'd assume the Canadians would call them pucks or something like that because anything that. I'm, I'm sure they have, but I've just heard urinal cakes. But yes, we don't have urine. We have urine. So it's a urinal, not a urinal or whatever the hell you just said. <laughs> well, the thing is about these uh, urinals, as I, I should say in the in the Shrewsbury dialect, rather of than course, Canadian one, make it more you authentic. Know, um, so no, they, they they were like. Amazing, because it was basically. I should when we do the post these on Twitter, on my Twitter, I'll post a picture of this because I found it online. A picture of them. So it's basically in the corner of the two stands I just mentioned, the Waitman and the Riverside, and you basically go into this little doorway, and it was not a big room at all. Like you know, kind of like the size of your average downstairs toilet, maybe a bit bigger, but you got loads of blokes crammed in there, and it was like a brick wall. The top half of which was white for some reason, the bottom half was black. So you just weed against the brick, and then at the bottom there was just like half an old cracking drain pipe. And it stunk so much, and then like half, like a little bit of it didn't really have a roof. So you'd have like loads of like bush from the river basically growing into where you're having a wee and stuff like that. It's one of those like disgusting yet uh, intriguing places to have a wee. Probably the, the craziest place to have a piss I've had in football. You people once had an empire. <laughs> it's very, very true. It's, it's super backwards. Breathtaking. Just and then that's how you went to your urinal. But what about the new the new stadium? Where is it? Is it still pub walking distance, or, or did they schlep it somewhere out of town? You you can make a pub crawl out of it, um, and I have done this trip. Um, you can, it's, it's just a bit stretched out. I mean, from the centre of town, you're talking probably about a 35-minute walk, uh, maybe a little bit longer. But So it's, it's kind of good, and there's some good pubs there. So you've got, like, the Crown, which is all right. It's a bit of a chain pub, but it's got a lovely, like, it's right on the river, the beer gardener is. So you've got a lovely view into the quarry, which is the lo local park. Um, so it's that's a good one. And there's a few around, like, you know, the local neighbourhoods, like Colum and Bellevue, as you go towards the ground, that have nice pubs. So you can do it, but I must say, it's kind of like, um, you know, when it first moved there, it was kind of a bit sterile. You know, in the, how, in the ways that people describe West Ham's ground and mm -hmm. stuff like that, where it's just like, it just feels like it shouldn't really be there. You know, it's, it's a retail park and nothing else. Yeah. But I've, I found, you know, I've seen, don't get me wrong, I've seen some enjoyable games and had a really good time. Like, I remember, you know, Shrewsbury battering Hereford like 4 0 there once and, Mark Wright, you know, probably the third most famous Mark Wright ever to race English football, scoring a hat-trick. I mean, you know, I've seen some good games there, but it always felt like it just didn't really have a personality. Well, I mean, I'm looking at a picture right now, and it looks like almost sort of your... It's like that North American phase where they drop a stadium in the middle of nowhere put a giant parking lot next to it. Yeah, it does have that feel, like, because it is, you know, as I said, it's not miles out the centre, but it's enough for it to be a little bit annoying. Yeah. Um, and you do go past a, a retail park where you got, you know, your, you know, I can't remember now because I didn't actually go there. It's got like Pizza Huts and you know your Sainsbury supermarkets and stuff like that. So you do kind of walk past that. But I have to say, it's 
gaining a little bit more personality. Like you can, they've had the five-a-side pitches out there where you know all local people go out there, be it walking football for the old fellas or you know teenagers playing five-a-sides. So that's going on most days of the week. Um, and they started to put pictures outside the ground of legends, and there's like painted murals inside the ground now, and it's gaining a little bit more personality. And um, when you go inside there, one thing that I think Shrewsbury do better than any club really that I can remember in England is that they have local stuff there. So like you go in there, and I'm pretty sure it's a company called um, Jenny's Catering who supply the food. So you've got quality pies like just made just down the road and you know, sausage rolls and all that kind of stuff. And then they've got um, <clears throat> there are standards, especially for Woods Brewery, um, which are, again, a local brewery, and they do pints like Shropshire Lad, Shropshire Lass, and stuff like that, and, um, you know, lovely, actually, did it. You know, me and my mate had two pints each during that time because we were just, like, so excited to see this Woods Brewery stand in there. But it, it seems to be getting there a little bit, and it's it has more of a feel. It's got a feel that it had back at the Game Meadow of being a community club again. Like, I know that um, the former Wolves captain and Wales international, Dave Edwards, he's playing... I think he's playing in the Welsh League now. He's still plugging away, but whenever he's a, he can make a game, he's at a game. At this last one, I went to um, Billy Jones, who used to play in the Premier League with some London West Brom, just walked past me in a concourse because he's from Shrewsbury. My stepdad actually coached him at a primary school level. Um, so so it does seem to be like where you recognise people. Um, yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. I saw Shrewsbury get a really richly undeserved 1-0 win over MK Dons as well, which is really enjoyable. Shropshire, by the way, hearing that always makes me smile. Shropshire? Yeah, it's just a funny word. Well, for French speakers, you'll like the old, uh, the, the old term for it is uh, salop. Which, oh, my. Uh, <laughs> yeah, in the, in the French language, it, it's a derogatory, it's kind of an insult for a promiscuous, is it woman? Um, well, I'd say for promiscuous Dan Rouse, but yes, I believe a promiscuous woman is the uh, mm-hmm. appropriate thing. You're, with, your, with, with your Battle of Shrewsbury and your other little history lessons, you're making me think of um, – it's something on YouTube I've kind of gotten into. It's called History Matters. They're these little like three-minute little history lessons, and, but they're animated with these very basic animations. And there's this British narrator, and it's all very tongue-in-cheek. And the little characters, they don't say anything, but they hold up little signs – saying like what they're trying you know like you know tensions were high between the uk and the u.s and their guys saying with their signs saying like your mother and you know that kind of thing and anyway yeah. i do it do any anyway, you're, you're making me think of your history lesson is making me think of that where it's just making me smile <laughs> well there's there's so much for I, I think the tourism's kind of had a bit of a boom in the uk well certainly you know tourism within your own country since the pandemic obviously because there's nowhere else to go um, but Shrewsbury's always had a bit of a pull because of the historic buildings and the, and the history there. And just to, you know, around Shropshire itself, there's quite a lot of good stuff to look at. I mean, I went to uh, Much Wenlock, which is where my stepmom's from, on this latest trip. And that is the birthplace of the modern Olympics. Um, a local doctor called William Penny Brooks, um, I think around 1850, decided to do, recreate the Olympics because the Greek, you know, the historic Greek Olympics had kind of gone defunct and thought he'd just do it for the local people. So Baron Pierre de Coubertin is a lie? No, 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 that's, no, he, he will credit this. He will say that he visited much Wenlock and, oh. under William Penny Brooks's invitation and he got the idea for it there. And I'm pretty sure he credits that many, many times. He's credited with creating the modern Olympics, but he got the idea from William Penny Brooks who lives 
who came from a little town in Much Wenlock. Once um, again, um, a Brit claiming ownership of something that they didn't do. But fine, but, uh, continue on with your fantasy story. <laughs> no, I'm taking that one, definitely. And then, um, me, me and the missus also went down to Ludlow, which is um, a lovely um, town. Um, it's it's very famous for its food. It's got like a, you know, a few Michelin star restaurants. Uh, obviously, I'm far too poor to go and visit those. Um, but it had a lovely like local food market where I obviously demolished like a kind of proper Scotch egg with a bit of like sausage and uh, black pudding in there and stuff. Good Beautiful. Um, had you know, it's got again a lovely castle in the sense of probably a little bit better than Shrewsbury's, given how kind of it sits over the whole town. Um, and it actually had a pub which I visited for the first time and I liked it so much I went later in the evening again and it's called uh, The Dog Hangs Well and you you would you need to know it's there because otherwise you'd walk past it so it doesn't have any signage outside it whatsoever it just looks like a terraced house <laughs> and the only way you'd know that it's open is if the light's on outside um, so there's, yeah, as I said, no signage, no sticker in the window, anything like that to suggest this is a pub. You just walk past it thinking it's someone's house. But if the light's on, you can open the door and you go in and it's just like this wonderful, incredible pub, really, really historic, loads of old pictures on the, on the walls, no TV, nothing like that, you know, just tables, a bartender and just good conversation. It was just a fantastic, incredible pub and Ludlow's just, you know, got these little gems about it where you can get some great food and stuff. So I know, like, I'm kind of advertising stuff outside of Shrewsbury now, aren't I? But, like, it's, um, it, the, the whole, the county itself is, like, while I couldn't wait to get out of it, and to be honest, like, I, I wouldn't, if I moved back to the UK, I wouldn't live there. It does have a lot to sell it, you know? Because of Brexit? <laughs> yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit Brexity, definitely. Uh, well, um, uh, you, you sell me, because I, um, you know, because we have pubs here which sort of, you know pretend to be british pubs but it's all just kind of fake even in london there's you know i think we've mentioned the green king pubs where they all just kind of as, as oh, terrible you know they're all terrible. just cut and paste um but there's nothing quite like an authentic you know pub that's been there for decades that you know maybe hasn't changed or maybe should change a little bit but where it counts in its kind of soul uh it's exactly the same I do want to know a nice niche Shropshire thing, which some Salopians would kind of like counter and say it's not true. <laughs> it's like you, you get a bag of crisps when you're having a pint of ale. So you have a pint of local ale, you get a bag of crisps, preferably just like your ready salted, just your original flavour. Then you order a pickled egg from behind the bar. Drop your pickled egg in your bag of crisps. Then you basically just take alternate bites. You, have a, you, you, you eat a crisp, have a, have a swig of your pint, have a, have a bite of your pickled egg eat another Christmas swig of your pint and you just like kind of like rotate it around like that and honestly it sounds a bit messed up and it probably is a little bit but it's absolutely beautiful it's like the opposite of those Michelin star restaurants yeah it is yeah obviously like I'm a very easy man to please um but I used to drink that down I used to do that down the Stanton which is a little bit north of uh, Shrewsbury quite often when I was uh, working on a building site pretty much every uh, after after every shift, we go down a pub and have a couple of pints, and I'd be having my pickled egg and a packet of crisps. Um, just getting back to uh, the, the new stadium, you mentioned now that there's they have local breweries that they have beer for. Yeah, yeah, Woods Brewery, and and, and like 
huge it's... selling point for me. When when you go to a place where it's just your generic Heineken or whatever, when when there's something that's brewed up the street, uh, I'm in. Yeah, you know, I went to um, went to a city. I've been to a city Man City game while I'm here as well, and uh, I think they had one can of something very expensive by a brewery from Salford to like North Manchester. Um, in the ground, but otherwise it was on tap. It was just international beers, like nothing to do with the area and stuff. I, I seem to remember Derby County having some local beer, um, but yeah, Shrewsbury having Woods Brewery is big. I mean, this is, I think it's another thing that um, Shropshire has a lot to be proud of is there's some breweries that are very, very good. The best of all, if anybody can get a hold of a beer by them, a Salopian Brewery, who are actually based in a place in a little village called Hadnor. Um, I, when I was saving up money to move to Canada, I was working in a warehouse at the same site, but that company went bust and this brewery moved their premises to there. And their stuff is incredible, particularly their beers with the black labels. There's one beer they have called Kashmir, which is just stunning. Um, really, really good beer. Um, and just their regular, you no know, normal cask beers as well, are just phenomenal. Um, really, really drinkable. Um, Oracle being one particular highlight of their traditional cask ones. Um, yeah, this just um, it all goes back to the pubs, doesn't it? And and you are right with the world's end. You know, it, you can. Me and my mates always used to do pub crawls. Like we'd never stay for you no know, more than like two pints in the same pub. We'd be going, you know, Coach and Horses, Admiral Bembo, Loggerheads, Nagzed, like all all these places. And you know, you meet so many great characters. The majority of these pubs don't have a TV, and so you're just there. You no, know, you got no choice. You're going to be talking to the locals, and the conversations you get into are just wonderful. How often are you in pubs here where you're talking to somebody and your eyes drift up to the TV? It's hard. And, and so I'm glad that ah, those places do still exist if if only several thousand kilometers away. Um, and then you also sold me on the other thing, pies and sausage rolls at the stadium. Just good, generic English stadium food. You're like out of a, stere you're a stereotype, but in the best way possible. Yeah, yeah, like I, I think you know, every ground should have a quality chicken, chicken bowl pie. I mean, that's just like without debate. Like if, if a football ground didn't have that in, in the UK, like I'm pretty sure Pete, there would be a lot of pissed off punters going to that ground. Like it's a bit wrong to have that. So, but to then have it done by a local business um, and have it to the quality that it is superb. No, and, and, and that's what you know, these clubs should represent the local community, so they should represent the local businesses and you know, give them the platform to promote themselves to you know, the visiting supporters and obviously the home supporters. Unsolicited advertising opportunity. If you want good chicken balti pies in Toronto, Charmin's Proper Pies. Yeah, good, good, good plug. And actually, we should probably get him on for a podcast. Soon, shouldn't he? he's, he's, been, he's been some interesting places. He has been. Yeah, well, mate... We'll, we'll, have, we'll have a latter with him maybe over the next few weeks and maybe. We've got, we got a bit of a waiting list, don't we? So, yeah, well, we, we keep people. adding to things and then, you know, you keep jetting off to different time zones and making it difficult and having more children and, you know, it's your fault. Yeah, it is my fault. Don't don't <laughs> worry after the second kid. I'm, I'm putting this in the meat grinder. No more kids after this one. You're putting what in the meat grinder? <laughs> well, you, you can, uh, that sounds whatever. a little, little over the top. There are other ways yeah. than... Uh, I'm not. I'm not desperate to call it quits, Gav. By the way, <laughs> we want to go. No, no. I, I, I love my daughters dearly, but after having two wonderful daughters, I do not want to push my push my luck just in case the third one comes out as the Antichrist. Yeah, you might have a boy. Yeah, that'd Jeez. be an absolute nightmare. <laughs> 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 oh my! Anyway, what else do you have to sell me on in Shrewsbury? Like you've 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 touched 
all the points that you know I care about. Uh, you know, small, small, not small town, sm you know, lower league soccer, football as you call it over there, uh, local breweries, pies, food, um, you know, ambiance of an area, historical battles that didn't really matter anything, inappropriately named street names. Uh, what else does Shrewsbury have to offer? What am I missing out on? Well, I'm going to be like quite self-indulgent here and like just say that, like again, I've said that if I moved to the UK, back to the UK, I would no way would I live in Shropshire and I would not live in Shrewsbury. But I did come away from the place feeling a little bit better about it this time. I definitely had a... Uh, uh, love hate but more of a hate relationship <laughs> with it because um it is still conservative and uh, i don't know like I, i've got some wonderful friends there who are very worldly and very open and stuff like that but like that you would encounter more people than in other than you would in other towns who are quite ignorant and almost a little bit proud of it um kind of proud that they kind of like stay in Shropshire and stuff like that and um one thing that always stay with me and just sickens to me to this day is I remember being in the... I, I didn't go to many games at Game Meadow after this, actually, but I remember being in the Riverside and um, they were, like... A few people were heckling a black player on the, oppos on the opposition team. Um, it was horrible. And then I think because this player in question got you know, really rightly upset about it and probably... You know, however long this was ago, probably like, well, might even be t ten, you know, nearly 20 years ago now. Maybe not quite that many, but, like, um, you know, probably got no protection at all. Um, got sent off, you know, got upset and got sent off. And I think Shrewsbury won that day, but the biggest cheer of the day was when this player got sent off. Um, and I was so upset. I, yeah, I didn't attend. I, I don't know if I attended another game at the ground after that. Um and I hadn't, this game I went to this time was my first Shrewsbury game in eight years. Um, so it's been a long time. Um, but I can really happily say that when the players took a knee this time, the fans were up on their feet and applauding it. Okay. Um, so, you know, that's a, you know, a fairly swift transformation for a place that in general can be a little bit backwards yeah. um so i came away feeling a lot better about it um you know perhaps yeah it, as i you know perhaps the town's moving into the modern times a little bit more and hopefully it'll progress so much to the point where they've also ditched the conservative <laughs> well. Well, well you mentioned the the uh, nepalese food there is there much is there much diversity there is there uh you know, or is it mostly white community there? Oh, like when I was younger, uh, growing up, um, like if honestly, like people probably knew the names of the black people in the town because there weren't that many. Like it was just white everywhere. The only di the, the reason why, I, like the only diversity I got was going up to like Moss Side every other weekend to watch City. Like that's otherwise, you know, my school bar probably about. I could probably count count the people on one hand who weren't white. Um, so, but now it's better because there's there's more. The college is bigger. I think there's a, a campus for uh, Manchester Metropolitan University now as well. So you're getting a lot more diversity with the kids who are going who are going to these educational um, institutions. Um, 
and I think that's helping the town you know become a bit more progressive like you see some like good you know vegan food places as well you just like the, I don't know the, and there's, I mentioned the pizza place before um the, the Nepalese restaurants there's there's other you know great ethnicity ethnicity food that I would never have got close to in my childhood that is there now that there isn't a big Nepalese community but obviously there are enough Nepalese people to you know start this restaurant and work in this restaurant do, do they do they have curve. momos I don't have a momo. We had like um. I think they're more Tibetan, but they are one tasty dumpling. Anyway, what what what's so special about a momo? I don't know. They're just good. Like any any dumpling around the world, everywhere has their own dumpling that's good. And you know, momos are another one, which are becoming more and more popular in Toronto. I've noticed more places popping up with having them. But anyway, no, it was it was just like a very. Um, I think there was a more of a. I, I, I honestly, a fair few weeks ago now, this is a long trip, um, but I feel like there's a lot more of a, a kind of a nut flavour in there, but really good intense spices in the curry. Um, no, soup, really, really superb food. And I have to say, the um, my dad's local curry house, the masala, is excellent now. New owner, and it just hit the ground running. So you can get some interesting, good food there, but obviously, you know, we go, me and the missus go over there, we want to have some, uh, you know, the kind of food we can't get in. Toronto that often you can get a lot of food in Toronto that often so we've been hitting you know the the steak and ale pies quality fish and chips and um, for me the best pudding of all time sticky toffee pudding it's a good one that's one I've made a few times and it's a tasty one I was, uh, I was worried you were going to say blood pudding but you know better answer no I, I, I like a bit of black pudding with full English as well <laughs> beautiful beautiful Sh- should we end on black pudding yeah, I think that's a good call, yeah. All right, well, there we go. We're ending on black pudding. So I don't know what that means, but Shrewsbury does sound like a good place uh, if you like pies, if you like beer, which I do. So maybe one day Dan will get to show me around. Um, but until we figure out when we're doing this again, that this that was Dan across the pond, Dan Rouse, former board member of Hallam FC. I'm down a day <laughs> back in Canada. And, uh, yeah, newspapers on seats. We'll do this again some other time.